Let's hear your voice. This is my voice. Okay. In your ears. Quite quiet. I'll do it like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't like that already. That's boring. <laughs> yeah, I think. So um, I'll try and I can remember Alex that. Alex is. I don't know. Alex, Alex Bear. Yeah. I'm doing good. Thanks, Wilson. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing doing good. Thanks, Alex. How are you doing? Yeah, doing good. Thank you. Um, we're going to start with firsts, and that leads us into our first question for you, which is, what are your first memories with film? Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, I I can't think of specific kind of films necessarily because it was from quite an early age. I guess it's the same as everyone. You just start watching films. I mean, my family have always been quite big into watching films um i was never never particularly interested in making them myself when i was younger it just became a thing of of it's that escapism and it becomes almost addictive there weren't specific films you know it's all the classic things you watch at disney when you're much younger and it's it's just a way more exciting way of of viewing the world in in a small dose you know you don't get that kind of experience in the real world. And also it's a quite an interesting way of describing the world around us, you know, like, like arts in general, they are essentially just like ways of making sense of the world around you. And I think that the simplicity of, of things like Disney films make sense of the world in a way. So I guess that was quite a good tool for it when you're younger. And so I think that was just the, probably the, the thing I found was what drew me in initially and, and just, you know, that, sense of being with family and, and coming together and watching films and, and being entertained really it's pretty simple mm. I mean it, it, there wasn't anything particularly out there in the beginning for me okay so that as you say like film is is there in most people's lives from very young age and it's pretty rare to find someone who just has no involvement with film whatsoever um, which leads me to the next question which is uh, when do you think film became more than just a hobby for you when was it because I understand it was quite late and it wasn't until you were you know, nearly finishing school that you were thinking about taking it more seriously. But what do you think? You know, when did it become more than just a hobby? I think it definitely like crept up. I don't think there was like a particular moment where I was like, oh, this is like definitely something I'm going to be great at or something. It's just like you... I, I, think, I, I don't think I realised how many more films I was watching than other people when I was younger. And I don't think I realized how much I relied on that. That sounds really sad, actually, but like, just it was such a source of entertainment and such a source of like what I felt to be personal growth. Um, I think that it was just a yeah, a slow burner like that. And then at school, it was I was doing sort of very traditional subjects and not doing particularly well in them. Never even considered film as a genuine career path it seemed like a real flaky failed kind of path really um but when I sort of had no choice but to actually consider what I'd enjoy because what I was trying to do as a career wasn't working then I suddenly thought actually I could just do that thing that I've always had enjoyment 
for you know mm. um other than making a couple of like small films at home just like playing about with a like a little tape recorder kind of thing um i really wasn't experienced in making my own films or anything like that literally just something i just obsessed over at home and watched at home and didn't really necessarily talk to other people about it either it was barely a part of my life externally it was just this thing that i'd go back to you know mm. yeah because when you were younger when you're sort of 17 and 18 i remember you being really into like tarantino and things like that and that was something that seemed a bit out of left field for me at that age because i just you know i wasn't into anything that wasn't like a blockbuster when i was that age and if i had to guess a, you know someone or something that changed your direction with film i'd say it was him yeah that. yeah i mean i think i think that as i said it really felt like i was indulging too much in the pastime that's what it felt at the time i didn't think i was like i was i was learning something from it or gaining something from it i i actually felt like i was i was spending too much time sort of pissing about like the same way i did quite a bit in school so i saw it as almost like a, a bit of a failed thing where i was indulging way too much in in something that seemed like just entertainment and yeah maybe it was tarantino definitely stands out there's something very black and white about it it's just very very visceral entertainment and it's got so much charisma i think it's quite a, it charms quite a lot of people when you're first looking into film i think it sort of becomes one of those things you 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 feel like you shouldn't really talk about once you're at film school or something or once you're studying film because it seems a little bit too obvious you know i know that's mm. that sounds pretentious to say but it, it often just is seen as like oh well you know yeah it's tarantino like it's it's He's a bit like brash, you know. It's a bit like in your face kind of thing. But yeah, but I, that's I can see that in some way maybe he bridges the gap a bit between some really underground kind of B movie cinema and more mainstream blockbuster kind of things because it it reaches an audience that blockbusters would. And I remember you telling me a lot about his influences from like really obscure um, Asian cinema and lots of things that the people who are into Tarantino would never have ended up watching. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's like he's, he's like a some kind of recapping, regurgitating of loads of things that have already happened in film. I mean, I haven't got loads to say on Tarantino, really, because it was such... I, I sort of... Or no, I don't know. I just take it for what it is now. I, I don't think I can look too deeply into them, but I definitely I agree with you. It was like there's loads of... Um, interesting influences there and really on the nose kind of references as well and as soon as you find that out you can't help but sort of look into those things but i'm not a particular um expert on like foreign film or anything though but it just opens up that world to you a bit more mm. it makes you realize actually there's there's like so much to kind of appreciate with like well it just goes so much deeper than it looks at first yeah And the next section is why does it matter? And I'd like you to talk a bit about why film matters in entertainment and then maybe a bit about why it matters in an educational sense because I think that's probably more relevant to you because you want to do documentary. I I actually watched a film recently. Have you seen a film called Life Animated? No, I haven't, but I remember you've recommended it to me actually, yeah. Yeah, so I watched that recently and that's about a, a guy with, um, with autism who... Um, who essentially uses Disney films to make sense of the world. That's sort of what I was referencing without 
fully referencing it before. Yeah, so in 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 Life Animated, there's uh, it's about this guy who's got autism, and um, he uses Disney films to kind of make sense of the world and interpret things like human emotions and and the stages that you have to go through in life. And I think that the great thing about that film was that it's it's actually not just about autism. There, I think that something like film as so many things can be but for me it's just film um it can make sense of like these different chapters in life and almost trivialize it but in like a healthy way so like when you see these coming of age films and you just see them over and over again and multiple there's so many of them it kind of makes you feel like you're part of this sort of cinematic narrative when you're going through it yourself and you sort of it doesn't seem so alien or unknown or something but you kind of it familiarizes all of these stages in life, all these characters that you know of from films and stuff. And when you see them repeated in life and everything, it, it just I think that it does just make sense of the world in a way. And that's on a really basic level. On a more complex level, I think that it's it just I think it it's just it's metaphors essentially for for everything that we're going through, as as like a you know globally or individually whatever it is. And I just think that's really cool that we can we can experience um the world in a sort of condensed and metaphorical way like in films and it might help you to understand i don't know other races or other ways of life if you're watching like a um you know a film i don't know talking about some you know gay love story or something it it just normalizes the idea of these things to people who aren't necessarily open to them or aware of them it makes you realize that actually these things aren't quite as far a reach. I think it pushes us further away from being like a closed-minded culture um, where we treat other people and other cultures and things like that as being distant and objective and two-dimensional. It sort of three-dimensionalizes ideas that that you don't feel as close to home as they are. Your graduate film was a documentary called Pleasure Boys uh, for which you were the director and the producer, um, which... Uh, I have been lucky enough to see, and it's a documentary into a a male stripper group. So um, would you like to tell me a bit about working on Pleasure Boys? Yeah, well, I mean, that that came about just by looking through random articles and and went for a bunch of sort of dud ideas and just sort of spat out the other end with this idea of just, you know, following a a group of of guys, uh, male strippers, um, on tour the aim was just to sort of reveal I guess what kind of person it takes to to do that I think it's fairly um it's relatively unbiased you know I think it it leave it I think it doesn't force an opinion on the audience necessarily that was always the aim because I don't necessarily want to say I think that they're incredibly arrogant or something I don't want to say they're incredibly pure either it's sort of it's sort of just trying to work out what 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 kind of people are involved in that world and so there's there's kind of the the intro is very visceral and sort of shows this image of of just the experience of being up on stage and and living that kind of life and then i guess as as you go through the documentary it sort of reveals more of of the people within it you know and it's that's the strip essentially mm. is is stripping them of of that kind of superficial image initially <laughs> Uh, this leads us to the next section which is overlooked so Elliot 
Is there something in terms of film in general that you think the public overlook? Yeah, I was having a little think about this. It's it's really, really tricky to say it because I'm obviously at such an early stage right now. So I don't want to be sort of commenting on the industry as a whole or something. But yeah, as as a as a audience reaction, I, I, I always find it interesting how um documentaries are taken compared to sort of drama narrative fiction films. I think that people don't really think that there's the same level of, of creative input in a documentary. You know, I think that when people watch a documentary, they treat it as, as sort of fact and, and as, as pure reality. And like someone's just come along and sort of stumbled across this thing and just grabbed a camera and just started filming it and just got a lucky kind of thing and it's all chronological and it's just as simple as that and then you kind of throw the product out there and it's like, oh, well, yeah, shit, this is a this this is what happened kind of thing and people just treat it as reality and I think that the editorial kind of application can be pretty massive in a documentary. To be honest, there's so much manipulation and so much, uh, so many things assumed in it, you know? Even as simple as just like a, an interviewee, uh, an interviewer, sorry, asking a question like, that might be quite prying and then the answer won't be shown. But just the suggestion of the question makes, and the fact that you don't hear the answer makes it seem like they sort of didn't answer it, like there might be something there. And so suddenly there's this sort of unsaid thing which is lingering in the audience's mind and, and you're wondering like, oh, so, oh, maybe they did do that thing then. And it's like, I find that really interesting. But at the same time, it's sort of the, the blessing for documentary because it, it relies upon that sense of honesty and, and, and being genuine that the audience feels and like that's how it has an impact you know socially or politically or however it may be documentaries often are, are looking to have an impact um, in that way and because people treat it as, as absolute fact a lot of the time it's sort of taken more seriously in certain ways um, if, if someone watches a drama or a narrative film they could say oh do you know what? oh no like I don't know cars don't sound like that on gravel it sounds completely different oh, oh you know like a horror film you know the amount of times you watch a horror film and hear someone say oh no you'd never go into that room oh what are they doing you know like they completely frustrated with the with the writing or something because they think you'd do something completely different but maybe if you were to document a horrifying situation like that and someone acts totally irrationally and goes into the wrong room or makes a noise when they shouldn't or something, you then put it down to just, you know, they were freaked out and, like, it's being irrational in a scary situation. Mm. And so there's a sense of trust in documentary that, that you don't get with drama or, or narrative films. And so I think that's what, what makes them work as well. So yeah. it's kind of, it's, it's, it's like a blessing and a curse, I think. So when you were working on your graduate films, did you find that you were falling into any of these... Um using any of these techniques to sort of sell your story a little bit better or influence the way you're... Because you said just now that your Pleasure Boys film was, you know, impartial, or at least you tried to make it so. With Pleasure Boys, uh, it, it definitely comes across as being non-biased, but that is designed that way. You know, you design... It, it's an eight-minute film, and we've got something like 24 hours worth of footage. I went into that, we did like four months of filming with them, three months, something like that. 
going to weekly, sometimes twice a week, um, training sessions with them. And we didn't have a clue. All I knew was that they were uh, they were male strippers, and I found that mildly interesting, you know? Um, but other than that, I didn't know. They, they may be really, really ordinary guys. There may be no story there. So the, for ages, we were just trying to find the story. And we had so many different ideas of what the story could be and so many different ideas about what the point could be, all from the same footage, you know? And it's, it's about orchestrating it. And you can't take it as being insincere, I don't think, because in the end, it needs to have a realistic point, you know? I think that's the responsibility of someone who's making a documentary, is that you know that it's not real. Documentary is not real, really. It's been edited, it's been cut, it's been designed and shaped, shaped like that. Um, but you need to have a certain response, like a sense of responsibility that you're going to... So you, you would say that documentary, from, from your point of view, is more of like an insight thing than a just you know, newsreel of, of facts? I think sense, I think so. it's in, yeah it's insightful it can be insightful and it's it's trying to m- make a point about the real world sort of disguised as the real world you know it uses the pieces of the real world but then so does drama really it's actually not a lot of difference between drama and documentary I don't think other than the fact that one is taken as fact and the other is taken as fiction fiction the other is taken as a victim yeah um, yeah so one is taken as fact and the other is taken as fiction and it's actually about the audience's reaction to it. Both are edited loads, and you just need to be responsible with it, I think, and not make the wrong kind of point, you know? Don't don't say something's good when it's bad or something, you know? But it's just the trust that people have in it. But, you know, people get done all the time for misreporting, misinforming, um, making, you know, think how many people get angry about an interview or something because they didn't come across the right way, because it may be real, but editing it can just change its meaning so much mm. how would you like to introduce this clip from pleasure boys um well it's this one's taken from the beginning so it's kind of just them describing what it's like being up on stage and the feeling of being them really in the most visceral and sort of positive terms from their perspective um it's probably the most superficial part of the film but it's also kind of the most dynamic part um, and I think that when you compare it to the rest of the film as it reveals as they reveal themselves as people, it kind of works as a contrast, I guess. Well that's the that's the attempt anyway. I don't think you can describe it. Can you imagine ten thousand people screaming at you? Now all for you to take your clothes off is it's really, really strange. Hearing the screams from the crowd, it's my release. Every night has the potential for it to be an amazing story. You roll around, you motorboat girls, you do things that will get you locked up, but in the show it's perfectly reasonable. Well, girls will stand on tables, they'll stand on chairs, they'll sit on each other's shoulders if they can, just to get a view. It's amazing. You've fulfilled that fantasy. You need to have the look, you need to be in good shape, you need to have that charisma. Got to walk out a little bit cocky, borderline arrogant. That's what they want. There are a lot of big egos in the industry. Final question for you today is: What would you like to see more of in film? 
I think, I don't know. I mean, actually, I feel really fulfilled with, like, I think there's so much content. It's crazy. It's like music. Like, it's really difficult to say what there is missing because there's, it seems like there's way too much there in, like, the best way possible. I I will never even be able to skim the surface of how much content there is or of, of the amount of content out there. So I think there's enough for everything but uh, the things I like are just character based stories you know just very much character based stories I think that the weirder the better maybe I'd like to see films that that kind of um, like what we were saying bring foreign concepts closer to home you know Um, I'm getting kind of bored of of American war films or something you know at the same time I don't want to take away from the 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 scale of those situations and things and it's sort of something to be memorialized in film as well but like it's not something i'm really desperate to go and see so i guess just the regurgitating of ideas just because we know that they work and we know that they you know tug at the heartstrings i'm sort of a little bit over things that sort of aim to tackle issues that haven't been tackled yet that's so terribly vague but yeah, they're the kind of films I'd love to see more of. Things regarding human rights and things like that. You know, there was that that new film, I'm Not Your Negro. I've not I've not seen it all yet. I've seen half of it though, and it's quite like a, it's intense. It's kind of difficult to watch at points as well. And and you know, Twelve Years a Slave was kind of like that as well. I didn't like that so much, but they are they make you feel pretty uncomfortable. But I think it's for a really good cause, mm. and so I quite like to see films that aren't just easy and light and fun all the time. You know, sometimes they're great, but the films that actually kind of hurt you a little bit in the moment and make you feel uncomfortable and make you feel a bit wrong. Because in the end, I think that's that's a new feeling you're getting and mm. that's kind of, that's, I think, a, a really valuable sort of experience to have. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. No problem, um, no problem. I've enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to uh, Pleasure Boys and your other graduate film, Piotr, being made available to watch online.